Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte urges members of the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation to ensure universal coronavirus vaccine access as the pandemic worsens. Pfizer and its German partner BioNTech seek U.S. regulatory clearance for their COVID-19 vaccine candidate. And Philippine Senator Ronald De La Rosa tests positive for COVID-19. Good afternoon, I'm Rain Musi. Dateline Philippines weekend begins right now. An urgent call from Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte as the COVID-19 crisis worsens. Speaking at the online Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Forum, Duterte urged member states to ensure universal coronavirus vaccine access by forging stronger cooperation. He also wants unhampered access to medical supplies for all. We have to ensure the unimpeded flow of medical supplies and technologies, especially COVID-19 vaccines. It is a folly to assume that there can be pockets of safe havens in face of a global pandemic. We have to defeat the virus everywhere or no one is safe. To do this, we need to strengthen partnership to make vaccines a global, global public good. The call comes as a death toll from the deadly virus in the Philippines breaches the 8,000 mark. The health department on Friday reported 27 additional fatalities, bring the total to 8,025. The country has a total of 415,000 cases, but only 31,800 remain active. British pharmaceutical firm AstraZeneca is the latest COVID-19 vaccine developer to apply for clinical trials in the Philippines. Officials of both countries met in Manila Friday, along with AstraZeneca execs, to discuss how Manila can access affordable vaccines. Philippine Foreign Secretary Ted Diloxin Jr. described the meeting as fruitful. Initial tests show AstraZeneca and Oxford University's vaccine produced a strong immune response among the elderly. Another huge development in the search for a COVID-19 vaccine, Pfizer and its German partner BioNTech apply to U.S. regulators for emergency use authorization of their coronavirus vaccine candidate Friday. This is the first such application in the U.S., which marks a major step toward providing protection against a deadly virus. Pfizer and its German partner reported final trial results that show the vaccine was 95% effective in preventing COVID-19 with no major safety concerns. It is with great pride and joy and even a little relief. But I can say that our request for emergency use authorization for our COVID-19 vaccine is now in the FDA's hands. In addition to today's submissions to the FDA, we have already initiated rolling submissions in Australia, Canada, Europe, Japan, and the UK. And we plan to submit immediately to other regulatory authorities around the world. Pfizer says it is hoping to rapidly roll out its experimental COVID-19 vaccine around Latin America soon after it gets emergency authorization.
Meanwhile, the rollout of Pfizer's coronavirus vaccine could begin in the United Kingdom as soon as next month. That's according to the British Health Minister Matt Hancock after the U.S. government formally asked its medical regulator, the MHRA, to assess the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID vaccine for its suitability. Hancock said they were encouraged to take that step after the two companies applied for emergency use authorization in the U.S. Britain expects to have 10 million doses of the vaccine, enough to protect 5 million people by the end of the year if regulators approve it. Pfizer-BioNTech have already begun supplying data to the MHRA and will submit their full data in the coming days. If the regulator approves a vaccine, we will be start, we will be ready to start the vaccination next month with the bulk of the rollout in the new year. And the NHS is in the process of establishing vaccination centres across the country that can manage the logistical challenge of needing to store the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine at minus 70 degrees. Well, the good news on the COVID-19 vaccine front comes as coronavirus cases in parts of the world continue to swell. Infections in Brazil hit the 6 million mark, becoming the third country in the world to pass that grim milestone after the U.S. and India. Meanwhile, in Europe, coronavirus cases have surpassed 15 million as the region sees a surge in infections with the onset of winter. While it took Europe nearly nine months to record its first 5 million cases, the next 10 million cases were reported in less than two months. Citing a study, the World Health Organization believes people who had contracted the virus are unlikely to get infected again for at least six months. This is uh, potentially uh, significant news. It extends the period for which we know there is likely protection, and hopefully that period will extend further and further. Uh, we know there may be limits to that. It also gives us uh, hopes as well on the vaccine side that if we start to see similar immune responses to the vaccine, we may hope for longer periods of protection. Worldwide, coronavirus infections reach 57.4 million. Around 1.3 million people have died, while 36 million others have recovered. Another setback for Gilead's antiviral drug, remdesivir. The World Health Organization warns against using remdesivir to treat coronavirus patients, saying there's no evidence the drug improves survival or reduces the need for ventilation. More in this report. A World Health Organization panel has removed the drug remdesivir from a list of medicines it recommends to developing countries, in this case for treating coronavirus patients. The news came just hours after the international body also confirmed that it does not believe the drug, made by pharmaceutical giant Gilead, should be used for any hospitalized COVID patient in any country, regardless of how ill they may be. The moves are yet another setback for the drug, which grabbed worldwide attention as a potentially effective treatment for COVID-19 in the summer, after early trials showed some promise. But last month, a large WHO-led solidarity trial reported that remdesivir had little or no effect on the 28-day mortality rate or length of hospital stays for patients. 
And now a WHO panel is saying that remdesivir is costly, complex to administer, and there is no evidence that it improves survival or reduces the need for ventilation. Currently, the antiviral known by the brand name Veclery is one of only two medicines authorised to treat COVID-19 patients. The medication was one of the drugs used to treat US President Donald Trump's coronavirus infection and had been shown in previous studies to have cut recovery time. Gilead has questioned the solidarity trial's results and said in a statement on Friday that it was, quote, disappointed at the new WHO guideline. The European Union ordered 500,000 courses of the antiviral last month, worth around $1.2 billion. Now, Philippine Senator Ronald De La Rosa has tested positive for the coronavirus. The former police chief says he's feeling well despite having cough and colds. His staff, meanwhile, reveals De La Rosa's daughter also contracted the virus but is asymptomatic. Senate President Vicente Soto III says De La Rosa was at the Senate last Wednesday. Antigen tests were conducted there Friday night. In other news, Philippine Interior Secretary Eduardo Año orders a crackdown on illegal loggers and illegal miners in the wake of the historic flooding left by consecutive typhoons in the country. DILG Undersecretary Jonathan Malaya says Año has directed the Philippine National Police to head the said crackdown, particularly in the province of Cagayan, Isabela, and Bicol. Uh, hindi naman po nawala ang uh, mga illegal loggers sa Cagayan. Every now and then, uh, even before the pandemic, members po ng illegal logging dyan sa probinsyang yan. In addition, doon sa ating war on drugs, uh, sa ating war on criminality, uh, po sa mga priorities ngayon ng ating PNP ay ang war on illegal logging. Kasama rin po dyan sa naging kautos sekretary nyo ay... Uh, Simula na rin po na suporta ng ating kapulisan, Bureau of Fire, Jail at ng lahat ng mga LGUs yung uh, pagpapalakas sa national replanting natin. No? Ang goal po nito ay makapag-tanim uh, uh, tayo ng 200 million trees. Eight people are injured following a shooting incident at a shopping mall in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Authorities say the suspect, who was described as a white male in his 20s or 30s, is currently at large. The motive for the shooting is still unclear and an investigation is now underway. The shooting took place outside a Macy's department store at the Mayfair Mall in Wauwatosa, a Milwaukee suburb of 47,000 people. Back here at home, six members of the Bangsamore Islamic Freedom Fighters surrendered to authorities in the southern Philippines. The Philippine Armed Forces Western Mindanao Command said Batogan Amino, subgroup leader of Bungo's faction and his followers, surrendered to the 1st Mechanized Infantry Battalion in Maguindanao Friday morning. West Mincom Chief Lieutenant General Coroletto Vinluan Jr. attributed this to the continuing offensives and non-combat operations in the region. Nearly 200 BIFF personalities have so far been disarmed through their surrender this year alone. Most have since rejoined the society through the government's livelihood programs for rebel returnees. 
At least one person is killed after a steel girder of the Skyway Extension project fell along the East Service Road of Muntinlupa City Saturday morning. The project's contractor, EEI Corporation, says the crane had tilted and knocked down the girder, causing it to fall on the vehicles below. Injuries were also reported, but the number is still unconfirmed. EEI vows assistance to the families of the victims. It also assures the public it will review its safety and operating protocols to ensure such incidents will not happen again. Over in the United States, President-elect Joe Biden wants Congress to pass another coronavirus relief bill as America deals with the world's worst COVID-19 crisis. His camp made that remark before Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris met with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer Friday. Pelosi has said talks with Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and Republican leadership on Thursday did not produce any consensus on a new multi-trillion dollar relief bill. It's not as commodious to meet in either one of your offices, but thanks for coming up. We've got a lot of work to do. Looking forward to work. And just to understand, uh, in, uh, in my Oval Office, you're me casa, you casa. <laughs> I'm going to need you. I hope we're going to spend a lot of time together. Now, viewers of ABS-CBN's programs get a preview of the network's much-awaited holiday offering. It's Christmas Station ID. Behind-the-scenes photos show top ABS-CBN celebrities filming scenes of the musical feature. They include on- and off-screen love team Catherine Bernardo and Daniel Padilla, Showtime host Vice Ganda, and actors Julian Santos and Angel Luxin. Among the featured singers are Regine Velasquez and Ogie Alcacid, Gary Valenciano, and Martin Nevera. ABS-CBN revealed the Christmas Station ID title earlier this month. It's called Ikaw Ang Liwanag at Ligaya, which translates to you are the light and joy. The iconic ABS-CBN Christmas Station IDs have been a holiday staple of the network since 2002. In the midst of a tumultuous year that saw the network's franchise killed off in July by Philippine lawmakers, ABS-CBN assures its fans and viewers worldwide that they can still look forward to the network's uplifting holiday message of hope and love. And that's Dateline Philippines Weekend. I'm Rain Musni. Thank you so much for joining us. And keep it here on ANC.